Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Here comes the stream. Here come the warm jets. Here come old flat top. That's <laughs> a weird voice you're Grooving using. up slowly. Shoot me. Oh, gosh. Sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly. We're broadcasting from Show Creator Studios South here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And if you say Nevada, we will beat you in the street. That's our rule here in Nevada. We hate when people say Nevada. And I remember I once did that and uh, it got ugly fast. Here he is preaching the love, Penn Gillette. Yeah, preaching love in Nevada. No! Oh! Um, when you go to the um, a DMV, yeah, which I've been to twice recently because yeah. both children got learner's permits, so I would suggest staying home. <laughs> um, yeah, the streets. They have a big sign that says, it's Nevada. Now, I forget <laughs> which one is right. Nevada is the correct Nevada. They say, it's pronounced Nevada on the walls of the DMV. <laughs> no... Uh, overly accenting way of doing it, just writing the word. No, no, they have it laid out. Okay. Nevada. Okay. So that you can't get it. No. Nevada. Nevada. Yeah. I, I get confused. <laughs> I say it right all the time. I know. Nevada. Yeah. When I first got to Nevada, yeah, uh, we did a press conference and I said Nevada yeah. to announce we were moving here. And the press people corrected me post haste. Yeah. Uh, I remember Jersey Boys has a lyric where, you know, Frankie Valley, when they're playing some podunk town, uh, I forget which town they even name, but then say, and everyone would say Nevada because they'd all moved here from New York to be in the show. And the audience would audibly shout Nevada during the performance. And I remember when I first moved here, I was like, oh, come on, get over it. You know, whatever. And then a year later, I was one of the people correcting people by being like, it's Nevada, you asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and once I say it, I've trained myself, but then I get confused. Yes. Oh, yeah, Because, yeah. boy, if you're from Massachusetts, yeah. it's Nevada. <laughs> yeah. So change to Nevada. Is and it's Cape easy. Cat. They traded letters. <laughs> <laughs> Erica Avery. Erica Avery is her name. Greenfield, Massachusetts. Erica Avery. The weak contest assassin. She wins all the time. You look and, you know, my friend, my friend, Carrie Coleman, mm -hmm. who... Wants nothing more in the world than to win the week contest. <laughs> uh, and now, because I've already won, yeah. I just send her my suggestions. And she says, we've got to put a hit on Erica Avery. <laughs> She's got to go down. Yeah. She said, what's she doing in your town? I tried Winning to help. Contest. I tried to help. Was that any help? I was not any help. I think she might have sent it in. All right. We'll see. She had some good ones. Yeah. But uh, until Carrie Coleman wins, we're just going to keep. <laughs> but Erica Avery, if anybody has a connection to Erica Avery, 
Maybe we could talk. I mean, how much is it worth for her to send her suggestions to us? I wouldn't think that that, that that kind of person would exist with a contest like that. I would think that even the week wouldn't want it to be the case, right? Like we can't keep giving it to Erica. Yeah. You know, I would not think there'd be an outlier yeah. in the week contest. But I'm really interested. I still have friends in Greenfield. Yeah. My high school girlfriend now lives in Greenfield. A couple of high school friends live in Greenfield. Yeah. And I've asked them, do you, do you know Erica Avery? Because if she's that funny, yeah. wouldn't you think <laughs> you'd know her? Yeah, real, it's a town of eighteen thousand people. Real How many people about town? of eighteen thousand are that funny? Yeah, I mean, when you go to you know Wilson's department, which is closed, I guess, but when you go to like the the little coffee shop, yeah, oh boy, Erica's there. Maybe she'll say something funny. Yeah, one of the four lesbian-owned coffee shops she walks into, she must be like <laughs> Erica. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got a latte joke for us. <laughs> You know, she walks in and goes, I always like this a latte. Just super quiet in the corner, never talks to anyone. No one knows her name is Erica. Just, just typing. On, on her phone. Time. Not even on the computer, just the quietly on the phone in the corner. That's all she's doing. Yeah. That thing comes out at midnight. She's, ah, Everyone just thinks she's some underpaid paralegal, not some comedy assassin. <laughs> yeah. We're probably going to find out that from Greenfield, Massachusetts, she also writes Kimmel. <laughs> Right, because during the pandemic, you could live wherever you want yeah, and yeah. zoom in or send your stuff in. Yeah, sitting in the in the uh, lesbian-owned coffee shop, sitting over in the back, yeah. writing all of Kimball's monologues. I just have a Peabody, a Pulitzer. I, don't know, <laughs> I, can, I just crush it every day. Eric Avery, please. The week's my warm-up. Then I start doing my real work. <laughs> like, you, you do Wordle. I wake up and just write forty possible captions for the week, <laughs> and then start my day. <laughs> I don't let myself take a sip of the latte till I've written a dozen. <laughs> I order it. I order it. I have it there. Yeah. I'm looking at it. <laughs> it's all there ready for me. Yeah. Don't touch it. <laughs> even Eric, a little foam comes out of the mouth spout. I, can't, I don't even lick that foam. No. I leave it. Yeah. It's uh, sometimes dripping. I say, oh, I got to write two more quick before that drip hits. <laughs> <laughs> and if I write two dozen... I get a scone. <laughs> Cranberry. Because it's New England. Yeah. Massachusetts, you want a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which reminds me of my, uh, you know, my best uh, best joke I ever made. Yeah. Which I think I've told on this before. Is when they. Um... <laughs> I love this joke so much and no one else does. <laughs> Like like the uh, Dead Sea Lions. Yes. Which Dead Sea Lions, I thought, was a football team in Israel. Yes. It's a good joke. It's a good joke. Okay. Here's, I don't know if I've told this before, but it really makes me laugh. A guy gets an idea. Mm-hmm. He has a cranberry bog mm-hmm. in Massachusetts, and he's got his board of directors around, and he says, you know, we are making so much cranberry juice now that I think I can get the other growers to come with me and I can put out a brand of cranberry juice that the whole world will know. I'm uncomfortable. The whole world will know this cranberry juice. I've got all the deals in place. All the deals are in place. (laughs) I'm going to name the cranberry juice, but I don't have a name for it yet. And one of the guys says, sir, why don't we name it after you? You've done all the work. Why don't we name it after you? And he goes, the world's not ready for me. 
I don't want to seem arrogant. I don't want to name it after me. <laughs> and they go, but why, why couldn't we just put some sort of tip of the hat to you, sir? And he goes, well, tip of the hat might be okay. What do you suggest? And they go, why don't we do your name in pig Latin? And he goes, okay. And they go, yes, Mr. Sproshan. <laughs> yes, Mr. Sproshan. Yes, Mr. Sproshan. We will name the cranberry juice after you in pig Latin. Ready, where's that end credit music? <laughs> Mr. Sproshan. <laughs> Mr. Sproshan. Oh, yeah. I, Ocean Spray. Yes. <laughs> That's his name in Pig Latin. Mr. Sproshan. That's great. Uh, <laughs> how am I, no matter what podcast I do, I have co-hosts who tell Walk the Dog jokes. <laughs> Matt and Glenn Social told one that was so long, we turned it into a tapestry, and it's the number one selling thing in our merchandise. <laughs> Nine-minute-long monkey fireman joke that I don't remember the punchline to. <laughs> Sproshan. Sproshan. Mr. Sproshan. Mr. Sproshan. The mister in front of it kills me. <laughs> Mr. Sproshan. Mr. Sproshan. He named it after him with a little humility. <laughs> well. <laughs> it's it's a- not Ingstein. Ingstein spray. <laughs> Ingstein spray would be a great name for uh, cranberry juice, too. Yeah. Very few people share a love of pig Latin as deep as yours. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You can almost always make me laugh with pig Latin. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And around a real, in fact, even when you work on your fancy Adam Sandler movie, someone will bring up the edit bay in front of you. Yeah. I'll say, you don't have to speak pig Latin. We can just call it a bedit. <laughs> I've never seen you take a pass on that. Never. <laughs> never. One of my favorite things in the world. <laughs> I've never seen you lay off of that for anyone. And I even got a little bit into football yeah. because there was someone named Elway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Well is great. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Well is great. Yeah, John he, Well. He wanted to stand wanted to stand out from the crowd, so he didn't use the name <laughs> Well. He went with Elway. And when I heard that, I go, oh. I mean, I hear ashtray, and I go, oh. Yeah. Well, that one's great. Yeah. Because trash and ashtray is pretty... That's, really great. That's really good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask you whether or not I was a dick parent or what, what, not. What is, the, what is the... What is the... It's um, questionpen at gmail.com? Yes. Questionpen, P-E-N-N, at gmail.com if you have any connection to Erica Avery of Greenfield, <laughs> Massachusetts. Because <laughs> she, I would have as a guest. Yes. Yeah. We have to celebrate this comedy assassin. Mm-hmm. And then and take her out. And, the <laughs> and every answer to who she is and how she conducts herself is fascinating. There's no, no wrong answer. No wrong answer. To Eric Avery. No, there isn't. I could, no matter what you think of you, think, no. oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Even uh, if it was like a guy named Tim who just thought Erica might win more contests. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And even if he's from Montana, about <laughs> Greenfield Mass. <laughs> We're going to find out in Salman Rushdie. Living at Greenfield under the name Erica Avery. That doesn't sound too Indian or anything, Muslim no. or anything, does it? No, we're okay. Doesn't point. Doesn't point to anything. No, no. No, no. Now, what did you do as a parent? Okay. So my kid's a pretty good soccer player. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching their games, and what's driving me crazy is they just take forever to throw the ball in. Do you know, do you ever watch soccer? Your kids never played soccer. They did for a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 
it's like I laugh because like they don't know how to play yet. You know, my kids are uh, seven and nine. They don't know how to play great soccer yet. And so I laugh that there's a lot of thought going into where to throw the ball and get the ball in the game. Mm-hmm. And then the defense, just everyone just kind of stands around and runs around. And then just throw it in. And whatever happens, happens. Who cares? And so I'm sitting there watching the soccer practice and i realizing that at this, at this age level, you're not allowed to head the ball. Mm-hmm. Can't put your head on the ball. So I said, it should be a rule anyway. Yeah, yeah, because of concussions and all the other stuff. I don't know, all the other stuff. Concussions. Um, <laughs> all, the other, all the other stuff. Hangnails. <laughs> Eye blemishes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I said, uh, I said, y- you know, and he knows my pet peeve about throwing the ball in fast. Just get the ball in. Who cares? And especially him. I'm like, you're fast. I'm just go steal it from whoever catches it. Mm-hmm. But I go, you know what? After, after the last practice, I said, if you can't headball in this league, throw it at their head. <laughs> I said, you're much better at kicking than throwing. So is everyone else on the team. If it's headball, then it's your kick. It's a free kick. So you're asking him to change soccer into dodgeball. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And he la- he looks at me like, what? And I said, you know, not hard. I don't want you to like be aggressive about it, but they're not going to know what to do. And then you can probably just run up and take the ball. So. Yeah, Saturday, so. I want to hear so. Yeah. So we're playing the game. Sure enough, he gets the ball and he, he almost looks at me and then he just goes to throw it in. Nice lob. Right at the other team's head. <laughs> the kid panics. Head ball. Whistle. My kid gets a free kick. <laughs> This is great. <laughs> Next time he gets a throw in, he does it again, throws at the head. The kid panics, tries to move back. Handball, free kick. <laughs> kick off the handball, leads to a goal. <laughs> Final score, three to two. My kid's team wins. <laughs> I was like, do not tell your coach. <laughs> do not tell anyone we came up with this plan. But it's really funny that it worked. Really? <laughs> Plans like that never work. I know, I know. I know. And he only did it twice, which made me feel as if like, the whole game, I bet they would have caught on. <laughs> but he only had two chances, right? He only had two chances because, you know, it's a team and so everyone takes turns throwing the ball. In so if you right. told the coach and other people started doing it, you would get caught. I think so. I think so. It was really funny. <laughs> I was just, Were you cheering? I was so pleased. I was, when the first headball came around, I just started laughing really hard. <laughs> Sitting there in my weird fold-out camping chair with my little umbrella. So, uh, oh, yeah, I don't know. I felt bad, but it was pretty funny. It was the first one of the season. The rest have been ties or losses. <laughs> now, people are listening. They're going, yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, exactly. I just was like, it seems like a weird, weird thing to do. And also, because I left, because like, they, they, they hold the ball and their kids, like, they, they, they don't have plays. They're not running strategies on these throw-ins they just sit there and just hope something happens mm-hmm. and it drives me nuts but just throw it in and just kick who cares it's a 50 50 shot every time anyone gets the ball anyway <laughs> like, what are we waiting for <laughs> just, i hate it so much so i was talking to lod about how when you're raising children yeah you just check things off that they won't be oh yeah yeah, yeah. like you go oh i'm not gonna be a jockey <laughs> yeah 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 
First day at soccer practice, huh? Won't be doing that. Yeah. First yeah, yeah. violin lesson, nope. <laughs> right? Just check them off. Yeah. Here's what I'd like to know. How much money did Perry Friedman put on the game before he told you the strategy? <laughs> Especially because it was an upset win. Yeah. My son is a very good player on a very bad soccer team. This, wow. this particular round. Well, he is, because this, uh, this whole, you know, people like to bitch about the everyone gets a trophy thing. But I, it, it, to me, I found it to be nothing but the opposite. That sure, everyone does get a trophy. Every team gets a trophy at the end of the thing. But you end up is people want your children to be competitive year round in whatever sport they like. And then you have coaches who aren't trying to make them build character, aren't trying to turn them into better team players. They literally are just trying to like keep their wins and losses. Like actually coaches who care about their wins and losses with nine-year-olds. And I like, that's so gross. Like, yeah, then fine. Give them a trophy. If you endure your mental bullshit of like teaching that winning at all costs matters when they can't even kick with their left foot yet. Sure. Then give them a trophy because they didn't endure that. But, and so th th my kid was already recruited to join some travel team. And then the travel team was going to play all these tournaments all over the state and, and, and practice three days a week year round. And he's nine. All over the state of Nevada? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doing some Cape Cod all the way to Nevada. Cape Cod. <laughs> Mr. Sproshan. And so I said, and, he, and honestly, he wanted to do the musical and uh, the spring musical, and that would have interfered. So we said, if you're going to do the musical and you want to do it, then we should just push you in a regular rec and not have you join the fancy travel team until next year. And he agreed to that. So now he's a good player on a, on a regular old rec team or whatever. But I hate this whole, like, it's just money. It's just well, a shitload of money. Everybody, everybody believes that sports build character. And I don't think so. Of course, I hate sports. I think they did when you played with people who, didn't, who really just wanted to learn the game and get better at it and not care about like wins and losses and tournaments and all the, the glory of it, right? Mm -hmm. And not everyone was secretly trying to... Pro like right now, everything's programmed. Was there ever a time that was true? I had some pretty awesome coaches. I was never great at basketball or soccer, and I and I played both, and I and I enjoyed my time with my team. And my youngest, he's not uh, as gifted as my oldest when it comes to soccer. He just loves being on a team and being around kids and enjoying it or whatever. Same with basketball, he likes it, and so he seems to have fun with his kids and his teammates and makes friends and that kind of stuff. And so that seems I like that part of it. You know, I don't know. I, it seems like. Everybody thinks that a scholarship means like magic, you know, like once your kid has a soccer scholarship, then the world just opens up for them. I don't think that's true, but that's the way the, every sport is treated as if, if, and everybody has this thing of like, they were pretty good at sports. If the parents were just harder on them, they would have probably been a division one athlete. People think that? I believe that's a giant lie that all parents tell themselves. I joke all the time that if young and children worked, then America would win every World Cup. Because we just shouted our kids all the time playing soccer and yelling at them to download information immediately that they didn't go over and practice at all. Um, <laughs> that happens all the time with young children. I think it's super weird. I think it's super weird that people think that trying to be a Division One athlete is like the only thing to do if your kid likes a sport. I think it's, I don't know if that's the way. Yeah, I, have, I, I don't experience that because I didn't like any sports. Right. And my children didn't like any sports. Did your parents want you to like sports? Nope. Did your sister want you to like sports? Nobody had any interest. When I would play sports, because they made me, my mother and father would go to the games. 
It is a miracle that you didn't have one person in your life who made you play basketball. I did. Yeah. And I didn't like them. I hated them. <laughs> right, right, right. But it wasn't like someone in your family. No. No one pressured. Well, my, my, uh, my great nephew yeah. is whatever he is, six foot eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, no one ever even considered him playing basketball. That's fascinating because yeah. it seems like that's, that's an anomaly. It seems like they just make tall kids play basketball. Yeah. And they hate it. Yeah. They tried to make me play basketball. Didn't work. <laughs> Jeremiah, this is his name. Yeah. They tried to play, you know, and um, uh, I remember Zoltan came home from school. Yeah. Uh, he's um, 16 and he's 6'6". Uh, six, six, yeah. And he's not even near done growing. Yeah. And he said, uh, I really thought this was funny. He said, you know, dad, um, I played basketball today at school. They made us do it in gym. And you know this being tall thing in basketball? It's not bullshit. <laughs> um, there are all these other guys who care about basketball, and uh, I can just throw it in anytime I want. <laughs> I can get it back anytime I want, and then I was winning everything for the team. So he's, it's not bullshit being tall. I said, well, you interested in basketball? He said, no, not at all. But I was just interested. It wasn't, I thought maybe being tall was bullshit, but it's not. Helps you. Yeah. That was his entire experience in basketball. <laughs> Good. I feel relieved for you. My older brothers, when their kids stop being interested in basketball and just interested in anything else, like track or anything, they're like, thank God, basketball is such a fucking mess with the, the amount of different leagues and different ways that people pressure you to spend a shitload of money on all kinds of trips and shoes and tournaments and all this other stuff. And they tell you if you miss any of these things that it's just you, you're gonna, then the colleges can't scout you and all this other stuff and they and it's just so much pressure from the moment you think you I like think the, sport. the colleges uh, are wide open to scout Zoltan <laughs> <laughs> and I think they haven't bothered. Well, that's a uh, this is a weird one. Is a Tim Duncan? Do you know Tim? Do you know no. who Tim Duncan is? Uh, very famous basketball player, but he's from Saint Croix. Mm -hmm. He was a swimmer. So he was like seven foot two and he was a great swimmer. And I imagine that's hilarious. I would have loved to have watched those races where a seven, two guys off the block. And now, does that help you? Uh, I imagine it can, although we don't have a history of like super tall swimmers winning a bunch of stuff, but I imagine it was pretty funny to see a seven, two guy, you know, go the length of a pool in a very short amount of time. Um, but anyways, a hurricane took out this high school's, uh, pool and, and basically all the pools on the Island. Hurricane fucked up all the pools in St. Croix. And so he played basketball. I was like, oh, shit, I guess I'll just try this. <laughs> <laughs> and he was playing. And some some traveling team ended up playing all the, the some Caribbean all-star team. And he was on the Caribbean all-star team. And someone made a call to a friend they had at Wake Forest. And like, have you heard of this guy? Is he this guy on anyone's radar? There's some giant kid playing in the Virgin Islands <laughs> that no one knows about. And so he is one of the more unique stories of becoming a professional basketball player. Well, I guess for many, many people, it's their dream to be able to improve their lot with basketball, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're really into it, I get it. I think there's just, I think, I think it's strange for the people who aren't trying to go for that crazy percentage chance that you could play Division One scholarship level sports. You used to just, if you liked sports and like being a gently athletic person, you could play three or four different sports throughout a year and enjoy yourself and enjoy the seasons and be on different teams and do different things. And that to me, I think does help you be a more well-rounded athlete and person. 
Well, you know, they say that sports uh, build character, and uh, certainly Zoltan and I lack character. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of the kind they mean. I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are characters. Yeah, yeah. But we don't have our character built. No, no, no. no. And I think my kid did have character, and then I told him to throw a ball at the other team's head. Yeah. So I took away his character. And you just had your birthday? I did. How old are you, Matt Donnelly? 45. Jesus Christ. I Give know. up. And um, uh, your son is a birthday real near you? 44. It's weird. <laughs> your son is a birthday real near Yes. Two days after. I was really hoping we'd share a birthday. But we both instead just saddle Hitler's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm 419. He's 421. Uh, My wife said if it was happening on 420, she just would have just kept her legs crossed. <laughs> just didn't want to have a, a 420 baby. Yeah. And then he just turned eight. And I was following him. Um, he has a... Allergies have been bad, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I had a little inhaler for him. I couldn't find it. I said, "Go, go, go, go!" Change into your jams. Quickly found his inhaler. Came in. He closed his door, but I came in like right, right behind him. Mm -hmm. And he was like, "Whoa!" And he just screamed. And I was like, "Oh, sorry, pal." And he goes, "No, it's okay. It's just you know the rules." And he gestures towards his door. And I had not seen <laughs> at some point at my belly level he had taped rules of his room. <laughs> His door, and I, I broke one of those rules. I barged into his room mm -hmm. without knocking, even though I was right behind him or whatever. Mm -hmm. but the casualness, and he just turned eight. The casualness of which he just let me know the rules. 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 I just realized it's it's beginning. It begins the time of painful parenting. Is I will right. tell you, um, parenting does not get easier. <laughs> and I have friends who have parents have children who are thirty five, mm -hmm. forty. Mm-hmm. Not get easier. Yeah, I guess, like, do I drive my dad crazy thinking I know anything about the world? Probably. <laughs> Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. 
Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Now, you you didn't tell us about taking your children to see Romeo and Juliet. Oh, I did not. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park, happening around the corner from my house. Uh, a guy named uh, Matt Morgan and his wife Heidi Morgan. Uh, they do a great job. They run the Nevada Shakespeare Company. And uh, they were doing Shakespeare in the Park right in the corner from our house. So we thought, we'll take the kids to do that. And we tell the kids who are outside playing in the neighborhood with other kids, we're going to take them to see Shakespeare in the Park. And all the parents say, like, you're great parents. Look at you. Trying to educate the children. Will you take my children? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, sure. Let's take all the kids in the neighborhood, pack them in our little minivan, and take them around the corner to Shakespeare in the Park. Yeah. Let's take a bunch of young children... Mm-hmm. To a play about two teens who fall in love and commit suicide together. <laughs> Which is the thing I did not calculate as we drove our children to this park. <laughs> and then it's in the park, so they're playing all around the park, whatever. And this is a um, little young girl, maybe 13, 14, sitting in a chair by herself. And one of the players is coming through the park, and there's a part where Romeo's hiding from his friends. So he, can, so he can do an end around and go back to Juliet by the balcony, right? And so he's there and he's a tree about maybe maybe 15 feet from where this girl is sitting and, and 10 feet from where we're sitting. And he does a quick joking uh, soliloquy kind of thing about avoiding his friends in full Shakespeare jargon. And this girl just is looking at him square in the face. What? All of us fell out laughing. <laughs> the biggest laugh of the show was this girl just yelling what right to this actor's face as he was hiding by a tree near her. Did the actor laugh? Yeah, he, 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 he seemed to try to not acknowledge it, but was was trying to not. We, he could be seen trying to not acknowledge it. Later on, there they have a wall, you know, a little um, amphitheater wall, and so they put the balcony up there, and he climbed up there. And she was like, "You better get down from there." <laughs> That's dangerous. One of the, uh, you know, Juliet drinks the apothecary concoction. And one of the kids in the neighborhood com- turns around and says, she dead? She just drink that and die? And we're like, no. And he goes, oh, so, so she's going to live. Uh, keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> so our kids are very confused afterward that why we packed them all up in the car and brought them to a thing where we watched two, two teenagers commit suicide. Well, you should know, children, that life sometimes is not worth it. <laughs> is that what? I guess, like, no matter how you feel in your, no how emboldened you feel as a teen, do not fall in love that hard. <laughs> don't, don't make it about that. <laughs> I still think that show is bizarre. It still is. Basically, the maid comes and is like, Yes, Julie wants to see you again, but she wants to know you're serious. He's like, I don't want to tell her I'll marry her tomorrow. <laughs> Great. That's good news. And that's the whole play moves on that plot point. <laughs> like, that's nuts. It's a weird show. I was a mistake to bring my children to. <laughs> well, on the other hand, yeah. I sat with my son and watched Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> More educational, less educational? I think uh Less dangerous than Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Because she's not going to put 
a little thing in the back of his head the government can blow up his head. Right. Yeah. He doesn't have that little thing <laughs> to put in his head to let the government blow up his head. You can't get that. Right. You can get shit, to, you know. I mean, I don't think it's on Amazon. Yeah. I don't even know what you'd search for. But you can you can you can see someone stab Tybalt and think you could stab someone. That's no yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's A to A. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, uh, you're going to buy, uh, I want a little thing that I can put in my head that the government can blow up my head. Yeah. That's hard to shop for. Yeah, really hard to even shop if they, for. Even if, they, even if they have your credit card info. Let me give you my Etsy store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mox is driving and Mox has to get 50 hours uh, on her permit to be able to get her license. How do you log the 50 hours? There's, a, there's an app, but okay. it's mostly trusting you. Yeah, but that's interesting. That, that's a, that's an evolution. Yeah, used to just be a certain amount of time. You should I mean, just you, wait six months. You write it down, mm -hmm. and um, so um, Mox's grandmother doesn't drive anymore, but has a license. Mm -hmm. She doesn't like to drive, but she has a license, and it becomes this incredible thing. Yeah. So Mox was stage managing a show. Yeah. And the school is forty five minutes away, so now Mox in a gated community which my mother-in-law lives in and so do we mm -hmm. she drives a car alone picks up her grandmother drives to the school puts her grandmother in a room with wi-fi and her knitting she sits for two and a half hours <laughs> and they drive home <laughs> and then when mox wants to go out for pizza with all the guys from the from the show yeah she brings a grandmother It's all solved. I mean, I just realized, you know, my, my children are also close in age. Now, Hell on Earth was having two different diaper bags with two different size diapers in it. Mm -hmm. I just realized that two different kids with learning permits is. Well, when one of the children does not drive, yeah. it helps. Zoltan will not drive. He <laughs> said, I got the learner's permit. That's enough. <laughs> and he will not get behind the wheel no matter what. Really? Right. How that, I mean, did you think that you're, because. Mox initially wasn't eager either, right? No, neither of them were eager, but Mox is now very happy. Yeah. And you also realize that driving is hard. Driving. Mox is very careful, very courteous driver, and still you go, yeah, bop, 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 when pulls in front of a car. I just, getting, getting your license was everything in high school everything. to me. But the internet changed everything. Is that it? Yep. That's all it is. Because it was like first kids driving around, first kids to pick up other friends and drive around. Yeah. Oh, get the fuck out of town! Get the fuck out of town! It's not a thing anymore. Really? Yep. That's. And I thought, well, my children get that age; it's going to be a thing. Yeah. No, I have to push them. Very happy to take Ubers. Very happy to be driven. More happy to stay home, and that's the thing that's so bothersome. Yeah. I think, I think we're seeing that even on a large scale level, even here in Vegas and everything like that too. I think either you're at these giant events or you want like this very catered space. I don't think, you know, we're not seeing as many DJs advertised in nightclubs. I'm sure they're still packed or whatever, but mm -hmm. you, we don't see the, the, the big DJs and the big nightclubs and, and the big clubs being the big thing for when news properties open anymore. It seems like it's a, these intimate experiences and different restaurant experiences. Yeah, like I don't know. I, I just don't know. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, I just wanted to 
go to every show in the world. I wanted to drive to them. Yeah. And I wanted to get out of home. Yeah. I wanted to have sex in the car. Yeah. I wanted all those things. Even just get together my friends, drive like to a diner. Mm-hmm. Like I love, I started performing at, you know, 15, 16. It was the diners after the shows. That was my favorite. The best thing in the world. By far. Best thing in the world. Diners are gone. Yeah. Pretty much gone. Well, not, yeah. I mean, yeah. And 24 hour, all that stuff is, is all. 3 a.m. at a diner yeah. is the happiest time you can be. Yeah. You got a piece of pie. Mm-hmm. Got your friends. You're telling dirty jokes. Yep. Now you don't tell dirty jokes. Now you don't go to a diner. Yeah. Now you don't have pie. Now you don't have friends. And you can't get there. You have uncontrollable laughter when his friend spits soda out of his nose. Yeah. Yeah. People at the next table getting really pissed off at you <laughs> and that making everything funnier. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah. 3 a.m. at a diner in Jersey is the happiest place in the world. Yeah. And they, the weird rotating dessert thing with those pies. Yes. That are a foot and a half tall. <laughs> you get a slice and it's just, what is it? Yeah. The, the lemon meringue pie shit. <laughs> it's kind of like yellow green and then, uh, you know, really a foot yeah. of white stuff. That you think is going to be fluffy and it's not. No, it's hard. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like drywall yeah. on top of lemon pudding. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And people are so funny that late at night yes. in a diner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your friends will just kill you yeah. laughing your asses off. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's just gone. It's a different thing now. And when you say coffee shop now, people think Starbucks. Yeah. Which is a different thing. People like that, and that's good. No, and that was, yeah, um, that was just starting. Starbucks was just moving into different neighborhoods when I was mm-hmm. a teenager. Um, but we still, you knew that, that that was corporate and square and you had to find a real shop somewhere. Yeah, well, in our in, in our town, when I was first driving, there was nothing. Yeah. Only thing open 24 hours was Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. So you drive down to Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, the Inkwell in Long Branch, New Jersey just closed. Mm-hmm. That was a place that opened, started to open at 7 and stayed open until 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where Springsteen wrote Thunder Road. Is it really? Yeah. The original owner, there were paintings all over the walls because the original owner took paintings as payment. If you didn't have money, you could mm-hmm. give him art and he'd feed you. And uh, it was a great hang because it was unlike a diner, it wasn't brightly lit. It was dim, with little, little, those little red candles mm-hmm. all over the place. And different, four different rooms, a house turned into, it was a true house turned into a, a restaurant. So there was all these different rooms that was clearly like a living room, a dining room. Oh, whatever in a place outside that that was the best and we like yeah that was the that was the cooler spot to go to than a diner um and we, i started going there as i got older i love that spot now ready rich yeah uh you were talking about there being no ballys at uh at uh casinos right yeah and by bally we're talking about the talking out front of a carnival show yeah so you've got a is there a new room at one of the casinos and stuff no it wasn't a new room they just did a live concert outside, mm-hmm. and they changed the format of the room for the night to try to catch the people walking by mm-hmm. from the show to the garage, mm-hmm. and they didn't even have a security guard standing out there most of the time. Mm-hmm. From your viewpoint, no follow-through, right? That should, be the, that should be part of the plan. Yeah, if you're going to pay a different guy to come in to attract a different crowd, they need to know that. Yeah. The crowd needs to know that. Couldn't they put up, is the world ready for? <laughs> you know, I'm reminded of Jonesy's story about the Bellagio. What was where that? They, they hired him to play piano. 
mm-hmm. and he didn't do well because he did kind of too well. Where they, they wanted him to play background music. Oh, that's right, yeah. And he played his thing, and he attracted his crowd, and people would sit and watch him play, and that's not what they wanted from him. Yeah. They wanted, oh, look, a, an aquarium, oh, look, a piano player, oh, here's the slot that I'm going to sit at. That's mm-hmm. what they wanted out of yeah. him. Yeah. When you bring up stuff like this, I'm always reminded of the tactic you knew would work on Celebrity Apprentice, but you wouldn't do, which is to be skeptical of the idea that's going forward Mm-hmm. And reluctantly go forward with it anyway. And that was mm-hmm. the best way to play the game because that way you could say, I went along because I'm a team player, but I knew it was going to work and I was vocal about it earlier and you can check. Right. Right. Like that to me strikes it as like, all right, we can try this outdoor concert thing. But I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> you know, it just feels like those are the guys that keep the jobs. Morty, who is the producer yeah. on Letterman, yeah. said that it would often come up that Letterman didn't like a joke. Mm-hmm. And the head writer did like it, and um, Morty liked it. Yeah, and they would say, "Dave, do the joke." And Dave, God, doesn't seem that strong to me. And they said, if they left it at that, the joke would bomb. Yeah, but if they bet Letterman twenty bucks that the joke would work, yeah, and Letterman would bet twenty bucks it would bomb, <laughs> they said Letterman was so concerned that he'd be called a cheater, purposely tanking the joke, <laughs> that Letterman would give that joke everything he had. <laughs> everything he had. Had they said, if you wanted Letterman to give the best performance of a joke possible, pick a joke he didn't like, and then bet him it was going to work. That's amazing. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was so afraid, they would tell him that he tanked the joke on purpose. That's so great. So my question here is, have they lost the respect of Bally so much, or have they lost the knowledge altogether? They just lost. I think it's because, and this is you know said all the time, but there's stuff about that that's just true. All the people running entertainment in Vegas, and I can now say all, all the people running entertainment in Las Vegas have no background in entertainment. Yeah, they uh, they promote them from other departments, mm-hmm. and they're in charge of entertainment, mm-hmm. and there's none of the none of the entertainment vibe at all with them. No, they, they you know they see a show and they don't know anything about the the fun of it. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it takes yeah, it, it takes it, but it takes boots on the ground to get things going. And and you're right that clubs accidentally have exactly what you're talking about by having promoters recruiting mm-hmm. people off the casino floors to mm-hmm. get into clubs, and so they're doing exactly what you're talking about, talking up the club and the DJ and getting you in, getting you a deal, and all that stuff. Yeah, the guy that I work for in country, he would put tits and teeth outside yeah. and the mechanical bowl right in the window. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I do. I, th- I, think, I, think, I think the first casino to really start taking pride again in that kind of a thing will have an advantage of being a good spot to hang. So I think it is strange. And I, it, because also combined with the fact that I think people are reluctant to just go rush into a crowded space and have a good time because of the pandemic still, I think. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think... I think when you when you have more of a curated experience, someone someone is curating your experience and tell and help and hold a little more handholding. I think it's important now. Yeah. Do you happen to know? I mean, this is this is kind of out of the blue. Do you happen to know what toy was selected at Toy Insiders <laughs> Top Summer Toys Award? Teddy Ruxpin, Tickle Me Elmo, <laughs> Steve Austin with a bionic eye. <laughs> 
Oh, I listened to last week's episode, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure it's- Because uh, I'd forgotten. You Lying Sack? Oh, that's my game. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah my yeah. game was selected by the uh, Toy Insiders Top Summer Toys Award. Yeah. They sell Toy Insiders, which is I when I was growing up in Greenfield, Massachusetts with Eric Avery. You may have heard of <laughs> Greenfield. Um, of right in. Yeah. We must um, find her. Uh, we- uh, uh, I just would sit there in my room in Greenfield, Massachusetts, and just say, Jesus, if someday I could just create something that would win the Toy Insiders Top Summer Toys Award, that'd make my whole life worthwhile. And now it happened. It has happened. Because of the Exploding Kittens. Exploding Kittens. Yeah. They, they know how to put a game together. They do. I mean, I had a few ideas in it, but not a lot. It was mostly Exploding Kittens, and they're really good. I guess it's all just... Uh, it's also you know, neat. Like, you don't think about that space having a place where someone has, like, hits and misses and, you know, that kind of stuff. You just, you're just used to being like, oh, these games are here. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't really think too much about the game. But it's got to feel good to have a hit game. I have a hit game. Yeah. I have a hit... We have a hit game. Yeah. Me and Exploding Kittens, we have a hit game. You go... We were eye level at Target. Yeah. I mean, that's everything. Eye level at Target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to learn this whole new thing. What gigs have you got coming up, Matt Donnelly? I am uh, going to be playing May 11th through the 14th, the downtown Grand Casino. Who's opening for you? Moxie Gillette. Really? Yes, Moxie Gillette and I will be performing together. I took the pictures, you know. You did? Yeah. Good. Did you, did you, uh, did those we're gonna, pictures? We're, we're, uh, my, the person who does my, uh, uh, RJ, who does all my media cards, we'll be making those this week. Uh-huh. I took good pictures. You took great pictures. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mox is going to be great. Uh, I'm very excited to to put that show together. Um, I'm trying to get Mox to practice, which is impossible, because <laughs> when people say, does Mox take after her father? The answer is yes, she doesn't practice. <laughs> we got to get uh, we got to get them a stage manager, call them to rehearsals and mm-hmm. do it that way. That's going to be a 6 p.m. shows, all ages, downtown Grand. It's a house of magic, is it? Everybody does family-friendly magic shows. So tickets are still available. Are, 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 are they available now? Yeah, they're available. If you go to, if you, go back, if you just Google House of Magic. Uh, house of magic. Yeah. You'll be able to buy tickets. And now. what are the dates again? May 11th, Thursday through Sunday. May 11th through the 14th. I think I have those right. May 11th, Thursday through Sunday. Yeah. It's going to be so exciting. And then, um, yeah, I'm going back out to Keller's in Lake Erie. To what? Keller's Magic. Named after Keller? Named after Keller, yeah. Uh, Bobby Borgia's uh, venue up there in Lake Erie, PA. Uh, two shows, June 2nd You know, and I used to, uh, used to date a girl from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Erie? She was a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes, May 11th through the 14th is correct. June 2nd and 3rd is correct. Yeah. Doing some corporate. You can't go to that. Who cares? Um <laughs> And I'm doing a bunch of gigs uh, around Washington, D.C., Maryland, and uh, Philadelphia in the uh, last week of July. I'll be doing like nine shows in 10 days or something like that. All different things. And that's all, all those venues, as they confirm, are up on themynoodler.com. Come check that out. Good. good yeah. Good. good. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. Love it. I'm very excited about the Moxie dates. Yeah. I think I should be able to, you know, I have a shows every one of those nights. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll go and see Mox. <laughs> I'm totally okay. I'm totally and then okay I'll with be that. Sneaking out before you go. <laughs> You've got I've gotten foolers, fool us. I've done pen and friends. I've done all the gigs I could possibly get out of you. <laughs> no problem with you just checking out. 
your child's show. <laughs> no offense taken. And I believe uh, should be performing stupid. Yeah, my trick and one other thing. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I hope I hope it goes well. I I, I uh, yeah. I even had like another day pop up. I was like, oh, maybe maybe Mox could do that too. Mm-hmm. They'll be in Edinburgh, so mm-hmm. I'm hoping it goes well enough that, that we can do this more often. Yeah, yeah. You know, we want to use Mox on Fool Us this year. Yeah. Mox has done a lot of the years. We have a trick for all written everything. She's in Edinburgh. Oh right, right. The trick where you put Moxie through glass. Yeah, that just aired. Yeah, it's a uh, good trick. That's really fun. That was really fun. Moxie comes right on stage, puts her hands on her hips, looks kind of left and right, and spinning image of young you. It was crazy. <laughs> like I was like, ah, when I saw it on, on really when I saw it air. I was like, that was crazy. That's a that's a total pen gesture and look right there. <laughs> Well, uh, I heard I heard that that bit was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, super. Fun. Well, you you were the one that made that great because you gave everybody <laughs> improv coaching. I did. I, you coached I locked everyone into their role. Allison, <laughs> me, Moxie. You yeah. didn't didn't do anything to tell her. No, no. but Allison, me, and Moxie. You yeah. told us just what we should do to do improv well. <laughs> it was great. I, now, everybody paid attention. <laughs> it was really neat because the first take was a little all over the place, and then what aired was the second take. Yeah, yeah, it was. I thought I thought I was going to help help it, and then we're going to go maybe four or five takes or mm-hmm. something, and then all of a sudden everything cleaned up on the second take. It was great. It was a miracle. Uh, yeah, and we'd like to do that same premise again, but we need someone else to go in the box because oh. Mox would be gone. And Zoltan's so, too big. Zoltan's too big for anything. <laughs> <laughs> he sure is. He sure is skinny, right? But he's so so goddamn tall. It's ridiculous, and I am bothered by him living in the house. <laughs> Because I'm used to being the biggest thing everywhere, and I turn around, and there's someone looking eye to eye with me. I never have that experience. <laughs> and, you know, really, really long hair. Yeah. And I just go, get out of the house. Oh, you're the, you're the son. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's going to be, I mean, all my nephews have outgrown me, so I'm sure my children will be taller than I am. So we'll see what happens. Well, but you also got uh, other genes involved. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, you don't know about that. That's true. The other side is the. Uh, yeah. Are the uh, my nephews through two different branches? Donnelly still end up taller than me, but we'll see what happens with with my genetic. Right, lot. but the low, the yeah. low line. Yeah. Sarah's not tall. She's not no, not super tall, but she's average height. Mm-hmm. And then um, her mom's tall. Well, apparently the um, the 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 genetics of my wife's did not touch Zoltan at all. <laughs> just mini you. He's just no 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 mini, no mini. maxi no mini. me uh, because he's he's at least two inches taller than I was at sixteen. Yeah. So I think we're looking at six eight six nine. Still, uh, uh, no interest in public show business. No. No sports. Nope. Finance? Law? No, no, no leaving his room. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of basketball 150 years ago, you'd be raising barns together. Uh, that's right. Barn raising. Oh, I had the most typical, like, dumb dad line fly out of my mouth authentically, and I couldn't believe it. But uh, my son did the musical. My Both my sons did the musical. And then, uh, but my oldest was in, like, a funny role. Mm-hmm. And... Afterward, a parent said, is that, is that your child? I said, yeah. He, goes, he should study the dramatic arts. 
I said, oh, what every dad wants to hear. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that this came right out of my mouth. I was like, oh, weird. (laughs) That was weird of me to say, considering that both both his parents work in the arts. (laughs) You think we shouldn't be so whatever, but I was immediately so uh, ho-hum. Well, most show business people will say that they discourage their children from going to the arts. Yeah. But I don't know. I I didn't do one thing or the other. I'm very happy that Mox does magic, but right, yeah, yeah, very yeah. happy. I mean, my oldest he got very good grades, so they invited him to some weird summer education program that we'd have to pay for or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they would introduce him to science and technology and engineering and that kind of stuff. He wanted to go to this program at a college uh, over the summertime. It was a big deal, and I said to my wife, "I was like, someone should teach our children that engineering exists. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to do it." <laughs> I have no idea how to tell him he could, I don't know what it means to be an engineer. Or how I never found out. I never, when I was in school, I never found out what happens to people who get good grades. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the feeling I have. Complete mystery. I'm totally lost on totally it. Totally mystery. I was like, you want to be a scientist? Sure. Sure. Go well, for it. Wonder what you do with that. Go there. Audition. Find out. Yeah. How do you audition into science school? Sure. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Learn a, learn a science monologue. Get some science headshots. Sure. <laughs> you holding a beaker, all kinds of stuff. I don't stuff. know whatever it is, but yeah. But make sure you get a picture of you as a cop too, because you might want to get that role. <laughs> so that's what's coming up. And if you want to see Penn and Teller, uh, I think you're shit out of luck. Everything's sold out. No, no, we're still, we're you still. What, three, three more weekends before you take off? Oh, Christ. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more weekends here at the Penn and Teller Theater. There are tickets available there. Yeah. And then we go to the sold-out land of- um, Of England. Of uh, Great Britain, yeah. Yeah. And your show will be sold out in Spain. And then Spain. So when are you back? We're back uh, pretty much July. July, okay. We do all July in Vegas, then we shoot uh, Fool Us. 20 shows of Fool Us. Oh, man. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. I still, I still, I still, I still, waiting for the phone to ring, but one way or another, I'll be around fools, I'm sure. Good, good, good. I hope so. hope so. <laughs> uh, well, you have to be. There, there's no doubt about that, is there? I, oh, I'm sure there isn't. I just haven't gotten the call yet. Okay. Anyway, that was Penn Sunday School. Give, give, uh, give, give him a call. I should just, I'm, I'm being too, uh, I'm being a jerk on purpose. I would say, write him an email that says, is the world ready for that <laughs> <laughs> Cha-cha-cha, you become naked. Hey, Matt, you got anybody to thank? Yes, I want to thank the awesome people who support us over at patreon.com slash pen. I want to thank Pete, not Peter, Hoke, which rhymes with Coke. guess I was getting both those things wrong. Jake Schneider, Rachel Hawkins, no thank you, Daddy. Music Man, Crazy Cat Lady Scoop, Nicole Martin, Jacob McCulley, Ilan Lee, maker of uh, Yulang Sack. Yeah, which won an award, you know. <laughs> Michael Torbay, Impossibilities Magic Show in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Jeff Bacher, Ryan Matthews, Rue Dudley, Ross Devereaux, Michael Cornwall, Nicholas Emerson, Carlos Alvarez, Fractured Adventures, Matthew Applehands, 
Adam Burzens, and Kelly M. Thank you so much. Thank you. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.